Hello and welcome back to the Move My Spirit podcast. This is your host, Pastor Eric McCracken, and we're coming to you live this evening from Maplewood Christian Church. This is our Wednesday evening Bible study, and we're going to be talking about the introduction to our Torah study, uh, tonight looking at the Feasts of Jehovah, specifically Rosh Hashanah. So if you're a listener of the podcast, you have already heard part of this lesson, but tonight we're going to take it a little bit deeper. In the beginning of this discussion, we're going to look over the Jewish months. We're going to look at the uh, Gregorian calendar, the sacred calendar of the Hebrews, and the civil calendar of the Hebrews. And then we're going to get into the specific teaching on Rosh Hashanah um, and its purpose in Christianity and why we should know about it. So hang on to your boots and let's get talking. And uh, for those of you that do listen into this podcast, it is live. There are other people around me. So if you hear laughter, if you hear discussion... Uh, that's, that's going to be part of this episode. So, if you guys look at your calendar sheet, and Dee, I'm going to make a bigger one of these for you. Thank okay? You. <laughs> so, as you look at this, I have a bunch of chicken scratch all over this, but we're going to go through it kind of piece by piece. Because in order for us to understand the Torah study, we should probably understand how our time system works, right? So I want to talk first about our calendar. So direct your attention over um, to the left side. Our calendar is called the Gregorian calendar. It was established in 1582 by Pope Gregory VIII. Okay? Uh, On our calendar, which is a solar calendar, we start our days at midnight, and they last 24 hours, right? Okay? So it's based on um, the revolving around the sun takes 365 and one quarter days for the earth to make its trip, right? And I don't think any of this sounds foreign to anybody so far. Uh, And because of that 365 and one quarter, we add an extra day every four years. We have a leap year. On the Hebrew calendar, there's um, a leap month because it's a completely different system. So direct your attention now uh, to that right side of the paper. The Hebrew calendar is not a solar calendar, it's a lunar calendar, okay? And that is why there's such emphasis placed on sundown. So traditionally, um, you know, if, if in your off seasons, your sun's up later, Shabbat would begin at 6 p.m. Because even when the sun's up later, the first three stars will appear in the sky, even if you can't see them, around 6 p.m. Okay? So, the establishment of this calendar was creation. When God was creating, he said, I'm going to create this. There was evening and there was morning. The first day, right? And then day two, he created. There was evening. There was morning. The second day. So that's where they get this lunar calendar idea. Now, since it's a lunar calendar instead of a solar calendar, it's going to be based on the moon's orbit around the Earth rather than the Earth's orbit around the sun. So it takes 29 and a half days for the moon to make a full circle around the Earth. So that means that in the Hebrew calendar, there's only 354 days. Now that will cause a problem with the seasons 
if there's no leap year, right? So where our leap year is every four years, on the Hebrew calendar, it's every three. And it's not just one extra day at the end of one month. It's an entire month, okay? So uh, the month of Adar that is highlighted up toward the top, that's the month that repeats itself. So um, now the other unique thing to this Hebrew calendar is on the Hebrew calendar, there are two concurrent years going on all the time, okay? There's the civil year and the sacred year. And I have these marked out here. Um, so at the top, I have that pink number one highlighted and marked sacred month. And then off to the left, I have my handwritten number highlighted, and that's the civil month. Okay? So right now, we're in the season of Rosh Hashanah, or the Feast of Trumpets. That falls in the month of Tishri, which is down toward the bottom of your page. And as you see on the sacred calendar, that's month number seven. But what is Rosh Hashanah? New year. The new year. So it doesn't make sense that the new year would fall in the middle of the year, right? right. Well, that's because it's the beginning of the civil year. Okay? So that civil year is corresponding to their agricultural seasons. The sacred is based on God establishing his feasts. Okay? So in Exodus 12, God says, I'm going to set feasts up and this is how they're going to fall. He begins with his first month, which is the month of Nisan. And that falls for us between March and April. But then on that civil calendar, since we're six months away, Nisan is the seventh month of the civil calendar. So there, there's a lot going on on the Hebrew calendar, right? Oh, yeah. And it's kind of confusing. And that's, that's why I like this chart that we have, because it, it really kind of lays it out sort of nicely. It shows you that, um, so the sacred month is going to start uh, in Nisan between March and April. So God starts his year with Passover, right? The civil calendar starts the year with harvest. Okay. Yes. So when it says a particular month in the Bible, yes. it is talking from the sacred. Correct. Okay. Yes. I thought so. Yes. And in case my microphone did not pick that up, when uh, scripture remarks about the first month or the seventh month, it is regarding the sacred month, not the civil month. Um, so you can, you can look over that calendar. Um, it kind of gives you a perspective of where these months are going to fall. And again, because they're different lengths, because they're, um, you know, on, on a completely different schedule from us, um, that's why the months never fall quite the same. Um, so if you think back a few years ago, I guess Hanukkah is probably the easiest reference for everybody because it's so closely related to Christmas. A couple years back, I want to say it was maybe 2016, it fell on Thanksgiving, and everybody lovingly called it Thanksgivinga. Um, and then 
Uh, this year it'll fall a little bit closer to Christmas, but it's always going to be somewhere in that time frame, somewhere between those same months. Um, but it'll never be the same exact on our calendar, but it will always be the same on their calendar. Okay. Any questions on the Hebrew calendar before we dig in deeper? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's a lot to process. I know, right? <laughs> yes, our, our calendar is enough for us. Huh? Um, it, it makes you glad that we don't have two con- concurrent years, right? So the Jewish people actually go by these two calendars plus our calendar. Yes. So they have three They have three. Yes, if they're, if they're living... In America, as far as I know, uh, the Israeli people hold to their own. But here in America, yes, <laughs> they're using three separate calendars continuously. Yep. Any other questions? Okay. And then I think, um, I don't remember if it was before I started recording or not, but um, Shabbat falls on Saturday. Shabbat begins here on Friday evening at 6 p.m. or sundown. Okay, so it's not Saturday all day. It's 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. or sundown to sundown. And that's, that's often how the holidays go. Um, they start their sundown to sundown because it's not about... I guess we should say it's from moonrise to moonrise <laughs> since it's a lunar calendar. Eric, is that a time of fasting? Not always. Um, there's, there's appointed times for fasting, but um, not, not, not 100% of the time. Okay. All right. Shall we get into our feast? All right. So... Um, This past week, I had you guys read for this week, Leviticus 23, verses 23 through 25. That I had you read only because it's the institution of the Feast of Trumpets. Okay, so for institution of the feast, uh, you can just write out Leviticus 23, 23 through 25 on your worksheet. And um, that way, if you want to go back and read it again, you can. Leviticus 23. 23. Yep. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Verses 23 through 25. So that you guys can hear um, a little bit of this complete Jewish study Bible, I'll read that passage to you. So um, this is again Leviticus 23, 23 through 25. Adonai said to Moshe, which is Moses, tell the people of Israel in the seventh month, The first of the month is to be a day for you of complete rest and remembering, a holy convocation announced with blasts of the shofar. Do not do any kind of ordinary work and bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. Okay, so that's the institution of the Feast of Trumpets. Now, in this this institution passage, we see something that gives us 
the Feast of Trumpets. And that is, this is going to be made known or announced with the blasting of shofars. Okay, Now, that's all that we're going to hear about that. Traditionally, in the Jewish custom, when it's time to announce the Feast of Trumpets, that shofar is sounded 100 times. And we'll talk about that uh, toward the end. But it's sounded 100 times to start the feast. Now, the Feast of Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, is only one day. But the Feast of Trumpets lasts 10. Okay? So, from Rosh Hashanah, which was, for us, this past Saturday, to... What is it? Next Wednesday, which is 10 days. Okay. Next Wednesday is Yom Kippur. So next Wednesday, that's going to be the feast that we're going to talk about. So um, what is being celebrated? The head of the year. That is the head of the civil year. Okay. That's, that's the second blank there on your worksheet. It's being celebrated with the blasting of a shofar. Now, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, I guess it would have been three weeks ago, um, I had preached on a Sunday morning, I want to say it was September 4th, somewhere in there, um, and I had talked a little bit about the month of Elul. The month of Elul, if you look on your calendar, is uh, 29 days long, falls between August and September, and you can also see that there's no, no feasts, no holidays during the month of Elul. Now, because it is leading up to this, we'll call it the grand feast of the new year, it's, a, it's kind of a somber time. Okay? It's, it's a month designated for reflection. So you get 29 days of reflection, repentance, preparation, and then you have the celebration of the new year. You celebrate the head of the year, but then your celebration goes on for 10 days, okay? So your duration of the celebration is 10 days, and inside of that 10 days, and they're called, next, next one down, they're called the days of awe. And those 10 days are specifically set aside for repentance, okay? So you've just had a whole month of reflecting, but now you're gonna take 10 days to repent. So, what does that tell us? What were we reflecting on in those 29 days? Our sin. Yeah. Right? That's, that's the whole purpose here. Um, I don't want to give too much away about Yom Kippur because we're going to talk about it next week. Yom Kippur, though, is the Feast of Atonement. Um, and, and so we have 10 days of awe to repent, to wonder at God. Okay? And then it's going to culminate with the next feast, Yom Kippur. Now, because of all of this reflection and repentance, Rosh Hashanah is often called by the Jewish people the Day of Judgment. Okay? Um, in John chapter 5, verses 24 through 27, I'll say this correctly since this is a Torah study, Yeshua proclaims his authority to judge. Right? Yeshua has the authority to judge. And that, that comes from John 5, 24 through 27. So this holiday is, 
quote unquote, the day of judgment, which is going to be chased in 10 days by the day of atonement. Okay, but these, these 10 days, which we're currently in the middle of, uh, we're three days in, they're somber. You know, they're, you're, you're, you're essentially in mourning for 10 days. You're repenting because the idea is you got to get your slate clean. For us as Christians, we're not looking so much at cleaning the slate on one specific portion of the year because we understand repentance to be every day, all day, right? But in, in Jewish custom, this is when you're going to repent for these 10 days. The rest of the year, maybe. But these 10 days, you better get right with God. It's, it's very works-based. But that's, that's kind of the biggest thing that you need to know for this part of this feast. Okay. Um, so, and I have there marked on your sheet, Rosh Hashanah is observed annually on the first of the month of Tishri, which falls between September and October. The entirety of the feast is the Feast of Trumpets. Okay. Um, Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 71. If you want to turn there, you're welcome to. It's going to show us what Yeshua has in the mix for this feast. Okay. So if we're going to take 10 days for repentance... What's the goal of repentance? Cleansing. Cleansing. Right? Making it right. Deliverance. So in Luke chapter 1, verses 68 through 71, again, this is coming from the uh, Complete Jewish Study Bible. It reads, Praised be Adonai, the God of Israel, because he has visited and made ransom to liberate his people by raising up for us a mighty deliverer who is a descendant of his servant David. It is just as he has spoken through the mouths of the prophets from the very beginning that we should be delivered from our enemies and from the power of all who hate us. So it was prophesied, right, from the very beginning that there's going to come a deliverer. So that shows us where Yeshua comes into place with this feast. If we're going to take 10 days and repent, it's because we want to be delivered. Yes? Mm -hmm. All in agreement? Mm -hmm. Am I losing anybody? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, just making sure. I'm at the back of the line, but you haven't lost <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so Christ's purpose here in this, in this portion of the feast is deliverance. Okay? Now, when you go to Revelation 19, we're going to read verses 11 through 16. And this is going to shed maybe a little more light on it. This is, this is going to show us how Yeshua is going to complete the fulfillment of this feast. So, when you look at the feasts, there are spring feasts, there are fall feasts. The spring feasts, Jesus already fulfilled. Ah, Yeshua already fulfilled. <laughs> okay? 
These fall feasts, we're waiting. Okay? There's, I guess you might say, a partial fulfillment in that we serve the Messiah. And we know that we're waiting on him to come back. Okay? So there's partial fulfillment to these fall feasts, but they're not finally fulfilled. Revelation 19, 11 through 16 gives us a glimpse of Yeshua's finalization of the Feast of Trumpets. Next I saw heaven opened, and there before me was a white horse. Sitting on it was the one called Faithful and True. And it is in righteousness that he passes judgment and goes to battle. His eyes were like fiery flame, and on his head were many royal crowns. And he had a name written, which no one knew about but himself. And he was wearing a robe that had been soaked in blood. And the name by which he is called is the Word of God. Is your skin crawling? (laughs) The armies of heaven, clothed in fine linen, white and pure, were following him on white horses. And out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down nations. He will rule them with a staff of iron. It is he who treads the winepress from which flows the wine of the furious rage of Adonai, God of heaven's armies. That is Adonai Sabaoth. And on his robe and on his thigh, he has a name written. King of kings and Lord of lords. He's coming back. Hallelujah. Right? (laughs) And when Jesus steps out, this this is prophetic in terms of the rapture that we're waiting on. Okay? That's where Rosh Hashanah falls in the prophetic timeline. Is... In, in prophecy of the rapture. There are people who will say they believe. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll go as far as to say this. People believe that the rapture will occur on Rosh Hashanah. We don't know. Yeah. Scripture's clear. We don't know. Does it make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, but no man knows the day nor the hour. Yeah. Now, Did God confuse us by giving all of these calendars? Maybe. No, God's not the author of confusion. But God gave us all these calendars. Are we going to forget what day it is? Anybody forget what day it was today? I did. (laughs) So maybe, just maybe, one Rosh Hashanah, a hundred trumpets will blast. The clouds will part. And Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, descend and catch us away in the air. Right? So, so Revelation 19, 11 through 16 shows us how he's going to make this final fulfillment. Okay? Now, if if Yeshua is coming back for us, that means we're waiting, right? Mm-hmm. What's happening in the waiting period? Warfare, yes. right? 
We're battling. And we're not battling against human flesh and blood, right? We're battling against powers, principalities, rulers, right? That's what we're battling about. So, so for us as, as Christians, or technically as messianic believers, Christ followers, the instructions to the church comes from Ephesians 6.11. We need to have armor ready for warfare. We got to be ready for battle. Now, if the one called faithful and true is sitting on his white horse and has a sharp sword, that sounds like a guy ready for battle, right? I always said, God didn't give us a full armor for an easy life. He gave us full armor because there's war in front of us. There's a battle that rages on. So we have to have a full armor for warfare. Okay? Ephesians 6.11. Use all the armor and weaponry that God provides so that you will be able to stand against the deceptive tactics of the adversary. That's a unique way to put that, huh? Mm-hmm. Not just the armor, but all the armor and weaponry. Not just some of it. Not just a little bit of it. Suit up and grab it all. Take one of everything. Because this is war. Okay? That's your instructions for the church. Purpose in Christianity. Understanding warfare times. Both of these. Because it's a time of repentance. Before atonement. If I'm trying to get right with God... Is life going to be easy? No. <laughs> or is Satan going to try to attack me and knock me down and take over? Yes. Yes. I just want to point out that there's, in this army, our armor, yes. there's nothing covering your back. <laughs> there is nothing covering your back. Because you're, you're not supposed to retreat. I, I like both ways of looking at that. Right. Like a vest would be, so it is covering your back. It would. Because you could be attacked from the back. Mm-hmm. Or you could also say, God's got your back. That's right. Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yes but, we, but we are not specifically instructed to cover our backs. Right. It's the full armor of God. It's the full armor of God, though. Yeah. And all his weaponry. So that's, that's the purpose in Christianity, is understanding uh, warfare times. And then finally, um, I'll read Matthew um, chapter, four, chapter 4, verses 1 through 11, quickly here. Then the Spirit led Yeshua up into the wilderness to be tempted by the adversary. After Yeshua fasted 40 days and nights, he was hungry. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the son of God, order these stones to become bread. But he answered, the Tanakh says, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of Adonai. Then the adversary took him to the holy city and set him on the highest point of the temple. If you are the son of God, he said, 
jump. For the Tanakh says, He will order his angels to be responsible for you. They will support you with their hands, so that you will not hurt your feet on stones. Yeshua replied to him, But it also says, Do not put Adonai your God to the test. Once more, the adversary took him up to the summit of a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory, and said to him, All this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. Away with you, Satan, Yeshua told him. For the Tanakh says, Worship Adonai your God and serve only him. Then the adversary let him alone, and angels came and took care of him. So even Jesus, even Yeshua, went through some warfare, right? He set us an example. Away from me, Satan. Stay steadfast. Stay planted in the word. Know it. Because when the enemy, when the adversary comes and tries to say, but the word says he's not going to tell you the whole truth. He's only going to half quote it. So we got to know what our two-edged sword says so we can raise it up and chop off his head. Right? But we have to understand warfare times because it's a time of repentance before atonement. So there's a remaining prophecy here to be fulfilled. Now, when we read our first passage um, about the institution of the Feast of Trumpets, we mentioned that there's a hundred shofar blasts. The rest of the Torah is completely silent about any blasting of the shofar. The hundred blasts is tradition. Okay? And I wrote this all out just so that you could come back to it because this is so good. There's a hundred shofar blasts during the feasts. Many rabbis, listen to that. Many rabbis believe that there will come a day when the shofar blasts will wake the dead to call the children of Israel to the Messiah. Let's look at uh, Isaiah 27. We don't have to go there right now, but for your own study. Through the teachings of Yeshua in the second covenant, we can plainly see how this feast prophetically anticipates his return. But notice that this is the belief of rabbis. That these shofar blasts are going to wake the dead. (laughs) Right? (laughs) That's what I call a glory giggle. (laughs) So, when the trumpet resounds... And the dead shall rise, right? Yes, I think that is going to get the attention of the children of Israel and call them to the Messiah. Yes, 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 I do. I sure do. Now, I also think that we as Christians, as Messiah followers, have a responsibility to live this out, proclaim it, get excited about it, so that when we do cross by an Orthodox Jew in the store, if they're not going to come after us and tackle us because we're stealing their God, we can, I don't know, for, ba- for lack of a better term, make them jealous about what we have because the Messiah has already come. The Messiah 
came to earth, walked 33 years, was crucified, died, buried, rose again for you and for me. Right? So this, this is why I think it's important for us to come together and look at the Jewish roots of our faith and specifically at the Feasts of Jehovah. I'm excited to talk about the next couple uh, because it only gets better from here, right? <laughs> and then we'll get into um, more focused Torah study where we're going to look a little bit more at things like uh, Hebrew names of God, attributes of God, Hebrew numbers, Hebrew words, um, different parts of the alphabet. We're going to really dig in. Um, the, the goal as we study the Torah is that it's going to illuminate the Jewishness of the gospel so that we as a body of believers can step out of our Roman sandals and back into our Hebrew sandals. All right. Any questions before we close in prayer? No? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Holy Lord, we thank you and we love you. Thank you, Lord God, for being present with us tonight. Lord, I know that we felt your presence. I know I'm not the only one that felt you move here tonight. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, I just pray right now, Lord, that you would uh, instruct our hearts, Father, to be watchful of the times. Lord, that we would be seeking you every day to understand what you have in store for us. Father, that we wouldn't look at things superficially anymore, but Lord, that we would look deep into what you have for us. Father, that's the purpose of why we gathered tonight. The purpose of why we study these things is to come the next step deeper, Lord God. Father, if we're only ankles deep in the water, my prayer is that you will bring us knees deep and then hips deep and then waist deep and shoulders deep, Father, until you surround us and encompass us with your holiness. Great are you, Lord. Father, I thank you so much for my dear friends and my family that's gathered around tonight for this study. I pray that you bless and keep each one of them, Father, until we meet again or until your return. We give you praise, honor, and glory. In the blessed name of Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus our Messiah, all God's children said. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into the Move My Spirit podcast. Until next time, shalom. Shalom.